0: Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us on Disrupt TV. My name is Vala Afshar, Chief Digital Evangelist at Salesforce and your co-host for the next hour. We uh, welcome you to join us and follow us on Twitter at Disrupt TV Show. You can use the hashtag Disrupt TV with just one T and send Ray, myself and our distinguished guests your questions. We'll do our best to answer them live and certainly after the show. It's my privilege to introduce my co-host. He's the CEO and founder of Consulate Research. He's the author of a best-selling book, Disrupting Digital Business. He's a regular contributor to Harvard Business Review, ZDNet, and other media publications and television shows. I keep seeing him on Fox Business and CNBC. Uh, He's also one of my favorite futurists to follow on Twitter, at rwang0. Welcome, Ray Wong, to Disrupt TV.
1: Hello, everybody. Happy Friday, happy holidays. And I'm glad to be here with my co host, Bala Astar. More importantly, he's one of the top followers on CIOs and CMOs on Twitter, a top Periscoper himself, author, and more importantly, the face of digital transformation at Salesforce. So, but more importantly, we're here to talk about our special guest today. And who is that, Bala?
0: It is a privilege for us to have Mei Ling Feng, co founder of the uh, people-centered internet on our show today. Uh, Mei Lin is a technology pioneer who is working to ensure that technology works for humanity as the next nearly 4 billion people come online. In 1989, she must have been around, you know, 10, uh, she was part of a two-person Skunk Works team that developed Oasis, the first customer relationship management system and which today is an industry, which is an employer of mine, Salesforce. Mei Ling has served as a socio-technical lead for the US Department of Defense Federal Health Futures Initiative. Uh, In 2015, Mei Ling joined the father of the internet, Vint Cerf, to co-found People-Centered Internet, which maintains a global network of positive change agents committed to ensuring that technology is developed with people-centered focus. That means increasing access while ensuring equality, protecting the vulnerable and prioritizing human well-being. Maylene served as vice chair for internet inclusion within the Institute of Electrical Electronics Engineering, the IEEE, internet initiative and Smart Village. She's also on the World Economic Forum steering committee for internet for all. Uh, she was recently nominated for woman of the year as the only nonprofit nominee by information age. So what an incredible Recognition. Wow. Uh, please follow Mailin on Twitter at m e i l i n f u n g. Welcome, Mailin, to Disrupt TV. Welcome back, Mailin, to Disrupt TV.
2: I'm delighted to be here. So happy to actually come and talk about our upcoming event.
1: Yeah, let's start a. Let's start with a little bit of your background first, right? How did you get involved in tech? and technology, because in 1989, I mean, that was, you know, we're we're in the database. Yeah. Uh,
2: I am having trouble hearing you, uh, Ray. So I will. Oh, no problem. Ray was asking about
0: your background.
1: Yeah, okay, talk a little great. about your background. In 1989, right, enterprise software was just getting started. We were in the age of the database, let alone CRM. I mean, Oasis was really early in the days.
2: Oh, yes, yes. There was just uh, desktop contact managers around, and people thought that that meant- oh,
1: Goldmine.
0: Woohoo.
2: <laughs> I mean... Yes, that's right. Gold mine was it. Um so what happened was I was at Intel before I joined Oracle, and it was my work at Intel that got Tom Siebel to hire me. Um, I was the alpha test user for Intel's in-house distributor marketing system, which tracked sales to distributors mm-hmm. all the way to end customers. And basically, I'd like to say that was a small step for me, but a big step for software, that I changed distributors to salespeople, and voila, we had CRM. Um, but there was a lot more than that, in that Andy Grove had enforced a precision forecasting system within Intel, so that we really understood, I call it 160 different forecasts, and one forecast led into another, and we always had human judgment. What, what, what do you really think is gonna happen, whether or not it adds up to a, a particular number? So um, bringing that over to Oracle, it wasn't hard, But actually then came the hardest part, which is testing it with the salespeople. And you know how ornery salespeople are.
1: (laughs) You want me to do what?
2: (laughs) Yeah. But we had a terrific training manager who charmed them all into doing it. And so CRM happened because a lot of people really cared and did a heavy lift about what would work for sales that really, really, really made sense. And it began back there in 89 in Oracle.
1: Hey, Bala. If Paul Greenberg is the godfather of CRM, we've got the godmother of CRM here right now.
0: That is absolutely a correct and accurate statement. And as as the as the queen of CRM, uh, <laughs> 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 because uh, she doesn't look like she's old enough to be a godmother. Uh, you worked with Tom Siebel, Mark Benioff. You're now partnering with well, arguably the inventor of the internet and TCP/IP. Uh, the a digital cloud evangelist at google event surf can you talk to us about these extraordinary pioneers uh, it, how have they shaped your mindset your ability to 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 see the a more clear future more inclusive future uh, are there any stories or or examples you can share with us before we talk about the people centered internet where you really have helped shape an industry by working with titans of the industry uh, any 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 uh, mentoring examples or stories that you're willing to share working with these extraordinary leaders?
2: Uh, immediately comes to mind. I'm in my first interview with Tom Siebel. I have heard that there are 35 people that he's already rejected. <laughs> <I'm>,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a normal uh, Tom Siebel interview. <laughs> <and> <laughs> he interviewed the best 35. You know that how it works. That's how he works.
2: <laughs> Uh, he knew what he wanted. He wanted to use relational databases for sales and marketing, but nobody actually could do it, except that I said, yeah, I think this is how it would work. And then then I looked at him and I said, what makes you think you can pull it off within Oracle? And I still remember this moment. He leaned back and he said, sheer arrogance. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And, and I knew that would be what it would take because it, it was going to transform everything and, and it did. So now my Mark Benioff story, um, Tom left Oracle and he, he and Mark worked out that they would, our department, direct marketing division at Oracle, would transition to Mark, um, but, but he had to keep two people, sort of a left-hand and a right-hand person, Chris Rose, the VP of sales. Yep. And me, who was the director of finance administration, because then he could, Mark could be Mark, right? We would keep things running. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so Mark came to me and he sat down very serious. And he asked me the most unexpected question. I still am still bowled over by it. He, he looked at me seriously and he said, I want to make you successful. And looking at what he's done now and what he's done for his employees, I now understand what that meant. In 1991, he was 25 years old, and I was, so I asked him, "Uh, Mark, what do you mean by successful? (laughs) Because I really didn't know at the time. So that was, that was a memorable exchange. He was terrific, really terrific. And. Um, under under his watch, we went from strength to strength. I'm so proud of having worked for him now, especially with what he's done for the homeless in San Francisco, he stood up for humanity and I worked with him when he was 25 years old and he already wanted to make people successful then and I can attest to that.
0: That's amazing. And moment uh, before Ray asked a question, have you ever seen Vint surf in jeans? No, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I think the most that he's ever done is uh, adjust his jacket over his <laughs> chest. <laughs> always wears a three-piece. No he,
0: handkerchief?
2: No. Oh yeah, no, no, he had. He,
0: okay,
1: <laughs> I, I felt like I, I might not even have to dress up a little for this event that we're going to talk about I, here. I, the, so, the
0: only time, the only time I wore a tie in 131 episodes of Disrupt TV. Was when Mr. Surf was on our show, and I felt all—I just could—I I felt uncomfortable not putting on the, with him <laughs> on the show. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. Well, hey, let before we jump into the December tenth event, let, let's talk a little bit about the people-centered internet—the mission, mm-hmm. the charter, the goals. Why did you and Vin get together to start this, right? And 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 what what what's been accomplished so far?
2: Yeah. So we really want to make sure that we have an internet of the people by the people and for the people and that can mean a lot of things to different people and and really that's the point digital inclusion internet inclusion means that you can take this amazing technology and realize your potential i think though what we're realizing is that we need some rules of the road to make sure that some people don't infringe on other people's uh, possibilities. And that's where we're coming from with the people-centered internet. Um, I came to this uh, myself actually from my experience with CRM because I was so early in CRM, I saw what happened, the trajectory where the established players took it and made, well, it, it did go great, but what also happened was that established players took it to cement their positions
0: mm-hmm. and
2: so we got the scandals like Wells Fargo and others where managers made sure that the numbers showed what they wanted to show and we didn't always get the from the ground input. I had already seen that happen over the last 25 years at, mm-hmm. at CRM. So I went to Vind and I said, this is going to happen to the internet. The internet is going to have people use it for their own purposes. It's so powerful. So we need to stand up for humanity. And bless him, he said, he, he not only said, let's do it, he just charged ahead. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I still remember the meeting. Um, we were going to present to him why we should do this. And he's like, I read the slides. Okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We went straight into it. Uh, he's truly not just the father of the internet. He is the father of people-centered internet.
0: That's amazing. So Mei take us maybe three years from now. What what are you hoping that yourself, Vint, Dr. David Bray, and all of this incredible consortium of doers, not just thought leaders, but do leaders, uh, will accomplish with uh, the people centered in it? Is there a specific project that will start or has already started where we can track progress over time? Because what you guys are tackling is big, complex stuff. It's not... It's not a light switch. It's a, it's a dimmer. Um, and I, in Michelle Obama's book, she talked about one of her life lessons was she realized that sometimes you have to plant seeds and you have to water the seeds and you have to cultivate the land. And well past what you thought was the, 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 the results and outcomes will be when you recognize that the work has meaning and it's actually impacting people's lives. So what will the PCI impact be three to five years from now?
2: So we, within our, we we understand that quantification and understanding and tracking what's going on, tracking progress, for example, against the sustainable development goals. These are things that still need to happen. If there's one thing I learned from CRM, it was that once you start to quantify, you focus people's efforts. It's the best collaboration tool that you have each person does their part and all together, we do much, much more than we could alone. So we are really taking that idea and saying within, with thanks to Ray, we are issuing these five challenges. How do we overcome the growing pains of the digital era? And it's growing and it's unexpected. And if anybody has had a teenager, you know they do unexpected things. That's what we're going through with the internet the adolescence of the internet. We also want to actually bring the focus not just on government and individuals, but also community. What does community mean? How can we have living, learning communities? Um, how can we design our systems and our technology so that they affirm the centrality of us as people, dignity and respect? Um, we are joining with the United Nations uh, Human Rights 70th anniversary because human rights are something that we need to take into account when are designing software. How do we know that the data that we're using, which might have biases from earlier times, actually lead us into more life-affirming systems? Um, uh, the fourth challenge, uh, name three, is how do we... Take into account that people can be vastly different from us. People we've never met that live and have grown up in circumstances that we can't even imagine. How do we coexist in in a connected world? And then finally, how is all of the good stuff going to happen? Well, it's going to happen the same way it's always happened, which is people who care enough stand up. I am reminded of the phrase, you know, all that it takes for evil to triumph. Is for good people to do nothing. And we are raising the call to action to good people. The internet is one of the most powerful tools humanity has ever had. We need to make sure that it serves humanity. So in three years, I think we'll be well on the way to understanding how to measure progress towards the sustainable development goals. Mm-hmm. I think we will have codes of conduct of some kind, we'll evolve to that for technical people and we will have much more inclusiveness so that the people who are designing systems are designing them for communities and families. I'll just end with one fact. The UK has measured the value of household work in the UK. They came up with a number. So we don't count household work, unpaid, right? The number is larger than the combination of retail and manufacturing. Mm-hmm. In the UK. We need to start to count what matters to us. We need to measure what matters so that we can innovate for it, we can get better at it, and we can make our lives better.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. Meiling, I have a question. So uh, fast forward three years from now. In China, 1.4 billion citizens will have a social score assigned to them according to the current plans uh, uh, that China has in play. do you think by having a social score that looks at your digital footprint and digital exhaust, those unintended consequences of things that you leave behind, uh, how will that impact uh, this notion of a people-centered internet? In other words, if we're measuring your ethics, character usage of digital assets, um, will, how do you see that impacting uh, society as a whole?
2: I want to take on the whole concept of the social score, and I'd be interested to hear what race thinks about this. I am ethnic Chinese, so you grew up learning about the history, 5, six 6,000-year history. Um, in a sense, China Chinese people have always had a social score.
0: Right. The
2: social score is was not explicit, but that's how we have really been a collective society, grew up. The person is less than the family, the family is less than the, than the community and so on. So I see that the current version of China's attempt at the social score is just trying to codify something that has been implicit and tacit in all of Chinese society. It's very surprising for Western society to have anything like this. But if you look at the monkey king and all the traditions, he, he went into the social score book in, the Chinese heaven, and he rewrote his score, he changed, he hacked the system, the monkey king hacked the social score, it goes back into Chinese history, so don't be surprised that China will attempt to codify something that's been implicit for a long time, but it is a long way to go.
1: So, and I would say that, as a Taiwanese American, uh, you know, those are definitely Confucian values right that are that are being surfaced up which is more community versus the individual and and having to bridge both cultural gaps as a kid uh you you definitely see that right it's that stark feeling of individualism as american that's very very hard to compare to other parts of the world uh so so i agree with that i mean values are tough and and things but but it's the it's the fear of government uh, in america that makes america work in the sense that we always have a belief that the individual can override the government if if their freedoms are being trampled. And, and I think that's going to be where those interesting intersections are going to happen in that conversation. But but the social credit system, the social score system, I mean, it can go awry big time. That's that's big brother in, in the waking. And I think that's what people are afraid of. And, and rightfully so. And I think as as Chinese get more westernized and overseas Chinese and the Chinese diaspora uh, get over... You know, start figuring out like what's the right balance. I think those cultural norms are going to change as well, and so I think there's no way a government can repress those cultural norms, uh, no matter what government. It that in but always it ends up leading into a revolution when that happens uh, if you go too far one way. So, so that's that's just my feel, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not the I'm, I'm not the point of the show actually. Maylin so, Let's talk about December 10th, right? What's going on December 10th and and your role in it, and then what we'll be talking about, and what can we expect,
2: so. Well, uh, I have the honor to launch the event with you, Ray. And yes, Ray really will be um, convening the most amazing group of people, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, Dame Wendy Hall, Radha Perlman, some of the pioneers of the internet and the web, um, but also the up and coming people who are looking at the future, and one of whom is Dr. David Bray, our executive director, and he's always raised the call for positive change agents. Um, That's for the people-centered internet. Um, I think Constellation is celebrating human rights and the 70th anniversary of human rights um, with the United Nations. We are an officially sanctioned United Nations event and um, we're pleased and honored to really recognize the 70th anniversary of the Declaration of Human Rights. Um, The World Economic Forum um, is releasing a paper about the digital economy and society. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't often release papers at other people's events, but they're doing it this time. And I'm really pleased about it because I was a big part of writing that paper. For the last two years, I was on the World Economic Forum's Global Future Council for Digital Economy and Society And David Bray and I were both at the last meeting in Dubai um, in 2017, uh, where we put the finishing touches on the outlines of this. So I think there's a lot happening December 10th, besides having an awesome time. (laughs) We are gonna have a full packed day, um, and then a gala evening, uh, where we will be really inviting everyone, everyone, physically there, but everyone in the world to take part in what is the, what are you going to do to make sure that the internet remains a force for good? You
1: no, know, I think that's a great question. And and I think uh, like every tool, right, it could be used for evil, it could used for good. Uh, I think it's helping people understand what the opportunities are and how you can overcome uh, some of the, uh, you know, challenges and risks uh, that are there. And I think we're definitely talking about that. Uh, and as you mentioned, like the morning is great. I mean, we're talking about, you know, why this matters, what the challenges are, kind of how we got here. I think that's a, that's very, very exciting. And then I think, you know, sources of hope, where we are now and sources of hope, it's wonderful. I mean, we're talking about anything from education to healthcare, to how data is being used to shared prosperity, uh, to, you know, 50 years of the internet and, you know, what are we doing, right? And then the evening, as you said, is, is that's, that's going to be a, a call to action right? And, and some very historic announcements being made. So, so yeah,
0: this is, looking, this is, this is going to be fun. Cool.
1: Really, really looking forward to it. <laughs> we,
0: we have a few days, December 10th is Monday. Where can people learn more about PCI, this event in particular, and how can we do a little bit of our homework before we're either watching it live stream remotely or, uh, some, you know, the hundreds of folks that are, have the fortune of being there in person, where can we learn a little bit more about the event before Monday?
2: Um, so we, uh, um, we have a section on Slido, S-L-I-D-O, and you look for Ray. I, can you remember the exact hashtag? Because I- the
1: hashtag is our digital future. So just look for the hashtag on Slido. Uh, on YouTube, you can follow the Constellation Research channel, which will have uh, the broadcast. All that information can be found on the website. Go to ConstellationR.com under Events. Look for People Centered Digital Future. The agenda is there. Every session has the live link and Slido link available. So you can now look at that and take a look and click on that, uh, mm-hmm. along with the hashtag that we'll be using. So follow on all those channels. Uh, the live stream goes from 8.30 to, I believe, 10 at night um, and throughout the evening. So most mm-hmm. sessions should be live streamed. Uh, we hope all sessions, we're working on that. And uh, yeah, and uh, I think uh, you know, we'll, try, we'll try to take the top questions from Slido uh, when, when people post them there. Uh, And then talk about the role of Scenic and some of the coming colleges that you've done outreach to, as well as the UN, who's going to be posting our live stream, I believe.
2: Oh yeah. Scenic.org is the internet provider for 12,000 California colleges and schools. And we've done a special, uh, 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 with the help of CEO of Scenic, Lewis Fox. He personally wrote a hundred notes out to the leaders in the California community and the Internet2 community to make sure that they knew about this and would arrange for live streams for group viewing of the event. Um, We've also reached out to the IEEE, um, the various different uh, specialty groups in the IEEE, and the ACM, and the Internet Society. So a lot of people are involved with uh, actually getting this word out because we're at a pivotal time. the internet is clearly uh, taking on a new um, phase. And we're seeing that um, there's a sense of responsibility that we need to take on. We've been treated by consumers, you know, whatever you want. But now the internet is really a venue for us to be producers. And a lot of people have seen that. Netflix has seen that. We are now doing all kinds of things around the world that was never possible before. And so, we're into the next phase of the internet serving not just consumers, but producers, and then people, children, elderly, and um, the disabled have huge new opportunity because of the internet. We are in the next phase of the internet, and this marks the point.
1: And we got some special guests showing up, like the former president of Estonia and his wife, Tumas. Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be there, uh, which is kind of fun. And Scott Campbell, he's the Senior Human Rights Officer for the United Nations Office of the High Commission for Human Rights. Uh, we'll be providing some conversation. And of course, we've got some interesting talks on data ownership and human rights uh, by Richie at Waru is uh, going to be doing that as well. And then uh, we've got a fireside chat by Gene Resnick, the Chief Strategy Officer at Accenture uh, will be there. We'll all be interviewing him on that. Uh, we will get a special uh, live feed from uh, Lord Tim and Clement Jones on the UK's AI's efforts. Uh, which is really good. And there's a fireside chat as well with Sudhir Jha, uh, Of emphasis is Edge Unit. Uh, and then, of course, uh, MasterCard's Arturo Franco will be there talking about, uh, and he's got a very, very interesting talk, uh, really talking about what's happening with, uh, you know, a new toolkit for shared prosperity using the, the data sets that they have for inclusive growth. And then, of course, uh, we have a last session by uh, Sam Stein. Uh, she's the one that runs all the tech crunch battlefields. Uh, talking about how we safeguard the next 50 years of the digital infrastructure. So a lot of action-packed stuff at
0: the event. That's amazing. It's it's. Uh, I'm gonna get a good night's sleep on Sunday because Monday my brain is gonna be on fire. So that's <laughs> amazing. Maylin, where are we gonna find you in 2019? You travel around the globe. You speak to some of the most influential, uh, you know, change agents, as Dr. Uh, David Bray uh, notes. Um, what are some of the priorities? Where are some of the places you're going to be as you plan out your next 12 months?
2: Um, I'm really taking a particular focus on women in tech. I recently, as you saw, uh, recognized. Um, and I think that women have a big role to play in the next phase of the Internet. So I'm going to be going around the world with the unequals.org Uh Organization, five UN agencies have come together to do equals. We say equals like this. Uh, <laughs> and um, because we as women have to have a voice about bringing the benefits of the internet to the areas that we know best childhood, education, learning, looking after our parents, staying connected with our family, uh, helping people who are not as able as us. Um, and so women can speak up about these areas that have not been in the mainstream of the internet, but are now coming online and I'm unre- releasing the potential. I just have to boast about my own mother. <laughs> At the age of 90, she began to do art in 2019. i wow. wow. publishing a book of her art. It's yeah. astounding. After four years of daily a uh, weekly art sessions all around wow. this, you know, this is so possible. I've unleashed the potential <laughs> of my mother at 95 years old as an artist.
1: <laughs> hey, Vala, this goes to the thing we're always talking about, lifelong learning, right? It's continuous. Mm-hmm. It's happening, right? You just don't stop, right? It's, it's, it's
0: absolutely, absolutely. And honestly, the spirit of Disrupt TV is that for Ray and I is at least once a week, we get to be students. Um, and uh, have folks like yourself come on the show and teach us. And uh, really, the principal driver for both of us, as you know, we both <laughs> lead pretty busy lives, but yes. we are so committed to at least one one day a week being students. So, so that's amazing. Congratulations to your mom. I, you know, if we can get her on Disrupt TV, please let's make that happen. We'd love to. <laughs> get are awesome.
1: <laughs> live. So. <laughs> Well, here we are once again with Mei-Ling Fung. Thank you so much. Co-founder of the People-Centered Internet, queen of CRM, and more importantly, champion of human rights in a digital age. Thank you so much for being on the show and see you in a few days. Yes, Thank
2: see you both soon. See everybody
0: Thank very you. soon. Bye-bye. So Pleasure speaking All
1: right, up. take care.
0: What an amazing uh, change agent and uh, just a, just an incredibly uh, driven, focused uh one of the best community builders i mean she's the ultimate connector and uh it's always a privilege to uh speak with her so and we're going to see her in a couple of days as you said so ray what's uh what what uh, episode 131 huh
1: <laughs> episode 131 let's get let's, let's roll down some facts and stats here right so how many guests since our first show valla do we know
0: so uh, may lin was our 300th exactly 300th unique guest uh, this year, just 2018. And this is our last episode in 2018. So we'll be seeing you the first Friday in January. <laughs> uh, we have had 129 unique guests. So of the 300 guests since the inception of the show, we were fortunate enough where 120 extraordinary people spend their Friday afternoons with us uh, in 2018. So pretty privileged.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and I heard 23 CEOs, right? have been on the show.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, it's incredible. So we have had co-founders, uh, startup co-founders as well. These are specific guests with CEOs in their titles um, uh, th- that, that, that joined the show. Uh, let me just step back a little bit. Uh, and this is something that, you know, we're going to do a better job in 2019. We're always looking at continuously improve, but um, we had eighty-nine men and forty women that came on our show this year. Now, I, I don't want to make this sound like a disclaimer, but we you and I mostly cover tech. So yeah. uh, you know that's where the space we're in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else you know? we could cover. Yeah, I no, I mean that's what don't know we're so, qualified even for. <laughs> even though it's business and leadership and technology, it's all on the constructs yes. of the yes. tech industry, a lot of times the software tech industry including emerging tech like AI and IoT and blockchain and mixed and reality and so on and so forth. So uh, an 89-40 split men women. we can do a better job uh, and we will do a better job, but it was awesome having 40 incredible change agents in the tech industry, uh, uh, women leaders to uh, come on our show. And yes, we did have 23 CEOs and uh, it's hard to get a CEO on the show. So. It's uh, their it's, schedules it's, are
1: uh, their schedules are over the
0: map. Yeah, we are not flexible that. Unfortunately, <laughs> when we talk to these extraordinary CEOs, many of whom are, for example, unicorn CEOs that went public at billion plus valuations, uh, they have to come on the show at, on Fridays after 2 p.m. So, I think <laughs> if we were a little bit more flexible, we'd have more CEOs, but uh, you know, we, we want our audience to be able to know that the this, this show is consistently on live on Fridays at 2 p.m. ET and 11. Pacific. So anyway, we had 23 CEOs.
1: Very good.
0: We had uh, had about
1: 17 authors as well, um, ranging from a wide number of topics. Um, Some folks like uh, personal heroes, we'll get to that later. Uh, And then of course, uh, you know, we had some VCs. We only had four VCs. We probably should get some more on VCs, PE folks, uh, get their view on where the take of the market's heading, uh, what are the big trends. Uh, So if you're a VC out there, you want to get on the show, please let us know. And then we got a few analysts, right? We got about eight analysts, uh, different folks. Um, I think these are, some are, some other folks. I think we're going to kick off the year uh, with one of our friends. Uh, hopefully he shows up uh, yeah, in January. Yeah. No, I know he will show up. I know he'll show up. <laughs> and then, of course, reporters as well. we got our favorite reporters that pop in all the time. So, but yeah.
0: Okay, who's it, your favorite that. guest, I
1: like, man? I know your favorite guest, but who's your favorite guest?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, no, I wanted, so I wanted to go, so, you know, in addition to the 23 CEOs and we had, you know, uh, we, we had 25 startup founders. Oh, so, that's right. Uh, you know, so, you know, in my book, you know, the they're, they're CEO, founder, you know, essentially top dogs uh, at, 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 so, uh, so 23 and, and 25. So we have 48 leaders, top leaders of companies. Um, now, when you, you know, you subtract all these numbers, the remaining 47 were C, C-suite uh, guests. So chief information, chief marketing, chief uh, technology, chief digital, chief experience, chief revenue. Chief Human Resource. So we have 47 executives. So they were not the CEOs or the founders of the startup, but they were major line of business leaders. So I would argue there's no better place to be on a Friday afternoon to have access in real time to CXOs and startup founders. I'll put them in a bucket. So, you know, essentially we had over a hundred uh, CXO leaders. Um, the media personalities are great because we have some consistent Um, uh, influential media personalities like Larry. Ron
1: Miller, Larry Dingham, Yeah, uh, Ron Miller,
0: uh, uh, John Reed, uh, Heather Clancy. So what we do is, what we try to do is, okay, you hear from these executives, these titans of the industry, and they a lot of times talk about futures, and, and you know, they're optimistic people, so there's always a beautiful, optimistic, rosy future. What Ray and I try to do is bring these incredible reporters, and many times, chief editors in case of, for example, Z and Larry to come here and really balance the conversation. In other words, talk to us about use cases, talk about challenges that these companies are facing, talk about health of these companies, the health of the industry, the health of the ecosystem, so we believe that, and usually bookend these media folks. So we have these CEOs come at the beginning of the show, give us a picture of a beautiful tomorrow. And then, and I'm not saying that the media folks are curmudgeons, but we bring some reality check at the end of the show purposefully to balance the conversation. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It really helps me with my research when I get you know, the full spectrum of, of what's happening. The, the, the last thing I wanna say is the technology analysts have been great. Uh, You know, we uh, obviously Constellation team, um, I consider them as co-hosts. Often when you and I are in a plane or we can't make it for one reason or another, we've had folks like, you know, Dion Hinchcliffe, uh, Steve Wilson, uh, 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 Alan Lepofsky, uh, uh, um, uh, Holger Holger Mueller. Yeah, these guys, as well as CEOs, we actually had Richie Otaro do a co-host. Uh, CEO of humanity, so it's not always constellation analysts, but they are best suited to carry the disrupt torch. Uh, anytime you and I are not here, in fact, sometimes I feel like they're better suited than I am. But that's the imposter syndrome I got to keep dealing with. And the excellent work that your staff brings to uh, to disrupt. So anyway, I just wanted to say that you know we we we, we keep an eye on the balance of skill set we bring of the 17 authors, 14 of them are best-selling authors. So we bring what we believe, for example, you know, we had a best-selling author from Apple uh, who has 50 patents in his name, uh, Ken Cushenda, author of Creative Selection. And uh, he's a best-selling author, but he was also a principal uh, uh, inventor, engineer for the iPhone. And I loved when he talked about a lesson he learned pitching to Steve Jobs, he thought he needed to do the talking. Only to realize that Jobs vetted the uh, the intuitive, beautiful design of a feature or a product when the product or feature spoke for itself. <laughs> so, you know, as as you and I try to perfect our storytelling skills, it was awesome to hear a best-selling author, one of the most successful engineers at Apple, talk about lessons in storytelling and pitching and being a good engineer. So anyway, so that's the kind of the balance of folks that we bring to disrupt. You
1: know, and it's getting crazy for next year. I think a lot of the interesting things that are happening, um, I hope we get there. I mean, there's going to be a a bunch of like massive IPOs going on for 2019. Lyft started that conversation uh, this week. Uh, We're going to see a whole bunch that are popping up. A lot of big ones from Nextdoor to a whole bunch of other things uh, that haven't popped up yet that haven't been public. They've been working around for seven to eight years. So we're going to see more of those. I think uh, there'd be some interesting coverage and conversations there. Uh, The other piece, too, is that, uh, you know, we're seeing a shifting climate uh, in terms of the uh, uh, economic climate. It's very interesting. There's a a huge gap between where Wall Street and Main Street is. Uh, We've got an economy that's growing two to three percent. We've got Wall Street all jittery because the algos are going crazy. They don't understand what's going on. Uh, They're either leading indicators and we can't figure it out or... Um, the algos are completely wrong and I think people are starting to realize this as we start looking at what's happening uh, but we're seeing still some massive growth in the tech industry sector and I think uh, we're gonna be talking about that and then the hot technologies right I mean we're watching is not going away but...
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um, the multiplexing aspects of 5g the cloud I mean here's the thing I can't get right you know like all the time we talk about you know, It took 50 years for this percentage of adoption, right? Or it took 10 years for this percentage of adoption, like 50 million users, right? But cloud is that weird one, right? It's taken 15 years and we only have 10% of the world's workloads in the cloud. So we're still going to be talking a lot about cloud companies, cloud business models, right? But a lot of the stuff that's going on with digital transformation, AI, quantum Right, those things are still picking up, and uh, we're definitely going to talk more about those and, and get some very interesting startups on board. We've got to get the Rigetti guy. We got to get yeah, the Rigetti no, guy on.
0: Absolutely, we're going to and we're going to need IBM,
1: your... Rigetti, Microsoft, other folks, Google. are yeah. doing quantum. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, and then, of course, you know, more industry pioneers. Like, it's good to look back, right? I think a lot of time uh, we forget the history of how we got here. I think about 128 and all this stuff in Boston during the deck era. We should go get some local folks and see what they're talking about. And of course, people forgotten the Valley. Valley was a defense industry place, right? This was like where hardware got started. This is where all these guys got together. I was looking at the Doug Engelbart demo. December 9th is, look at demo or Doug at 50, right? It's the 50th anniversary of Doug Engelbart's mother of all demos. Like this thing is like in black and white. You know, the, the digits that are showing up on the screen. I mean, I mean, this was the mouse, this was Windows, this was word processing. I mean, this was like function keys. I mean, this is crazy. This is like 1968 when this happened.
0: It's so. amazing. It's amazing. It's uh, you know, and even recent, I mean, last year on December 7th, you had Bitcoin at Seventeen thousand three hundred dollars. Today it's at thirty-two hundred dollars. Uh, just in just in literally a, literally a twelve-month window. So we'll see how much ICOs and cryptocurrencies will be the topic of conversation in two thousand nineteen. I want to get back to your questions in terms of favorite guests. Um, you know, 129 guests this year alone. So again, an incredible privilege for you and I to have access to these extraordinary people. We already set 48 startup founders and CEOs, which is, you know, almost uh, you know a, a half of uh, of our guests this year. Um, you know, my personal favorite because uh, you know I've read uh, most of his 18 books, uh, which he has sold over 10 million copies of, and. Uh, He was one of the guests this year where he insisted to do the show in person. So lucky for us, he was able to come and join us in Boston and that's Tom Peters, uh, who was the author of In Search of Excellence in 1981. And then his newest book, which Ray and I covered the Excellence Dividend, uh, again, after 10 million copies a few months back. Uh, 55,000 some odd views of our live conversation on Periscope. So there was clearly an interest in Tom and his uh, life lessons and business lessons. Um, so he, he stood out, but, but in addition to Tom, you know, we had Kari Anderson, a TED Talk speaker, a brilliant storyteller, an Emmy Award winner. So the, the spectrum of our guest, I mean, you know, is beyond technology, um, but it's important for technologists to learn how to tell better stories. Uh, as Brené Brown says, uh, you know, uh, data with a soul. Story, good good stories when data has a soul. So so oh, yeah. taught us about that. We had Deb Schofield, a, 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 an incredible, passionate mentor, advocate, a venture capitalist and educator herself. She was extraordinary. And we talked about the blue lobster principle. Uh, Paul Daugherty, I mean, you know, one of the most influential chief technology information officers, innovation officers in the world of Accenture with his uh, new book, Human and Machine. and he was kind enough to kind of reveal his new book, which came out around May, June timeframe on our show, which again, having access to uh, to Paul and you know he's always enthusiastically willing to come and share with us was, was just incredible. And, and then lastly, these regulars that we mentioned from the media that really balanced the conversation, Larry Dignan of ZDNet, John Reed of Gejanomica, Ron Miller of TechCrunch, Heather Clancy, of, uh, of BizWeek Week uh, and folks like Esteban Kolsky, who's a regular, uh, you know, we we have some, and, and then I, I can't, I got, my last thing is the Constellation team. Dion Hinchcliffe, Alan Lapovsky, Steve Wilson, Holger Mueller, Doug Hinchin, these folks not only come on the show and add perspective, they've co-hosted the show when we needed to. And that's just uh, going above and beyond because usually it's Ray and I letting him know the day before. <laughs> so oops, they're, oops. they're firefighters, firefighters. <laughs> Anyway, those are, those are some of the folks. Again, I'm, I know I'm leaving out a ton. Uh, so, Ray, your thoughts, your thoughts.
1: Yeah, no, we, we had a great group of folks. And I think for me, I mean, it was some of the storytelling that was there. We had some great storytellers uh, throughout. Um, I mean, and, and you know, Soon-Yu, right? Talking about brands, right? That's mm-hmm. always very, very influential. So um, authors yeah. like anne Chang, Lean Impact, right? It was interesting how she got there, right? Figuring out how they, you know, innovated radically for social good. I thought that was pretty good uh in terms of like how she did that. Bruce Kazanoff, yeah. talking about that story, what happens, you know, what's going on. Uh you know, Bruce Richardson. That was even awesome, right? Bruce
0: you know, Richardson was amazing. Was I got amazing.
1: the tables on him, you know. Yeah, Bruce was I a mean, legendary industry tech analyst, one of the top folks, I mean, you know, in the space, you know, and and then, uh, you know, Chris Lockett, always colorful, wonderful oh, stories. Man. The man's oh. on fire, like boom, boom, boom. I mean, we have great guests, right? It doesn't, I mean, but I'm just throwing out a few that just- This you know. is
0: amazing. Ragesh Rao, Ra, an Eisenhower fellow. He invited us to Washington DC to meet with some of the most influential, uh, you know, CIOs in, 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 in the federal space. Naveen, uh, CMO of Whipro, Naveen Rajdev, incredible thought leader. Um, uh, and Neil
1: Gomes, Bloomberg, the
0: godfather of CRM, yeah, <laughs> to have they the, the last week and the godmother this week. What an amazing uh, lineup! <laughs> and then Neil Gomes, Neil Gomes is amazing,
1: right? I mean, the stuff he's working at Jefferson University and Jefferson Health, he's going to be there on Monday as well. I mean, yeah. they're just pioneering, I mean, they're, they're able to actually transform uh patient care, what's going on. And always like Rhonda Vittier, right? She's now the SVP and CIO Santander Bank, right you know, hopped on the show. She doesn't do a lot of interviews, a lot of uh, meetings. I I thought it was wonderful for her to pop in there. Um, You know, it's just, that's
0: just great people. Business model innovation. You and I both uh, admire Saul's work and his team. Uh, The messy middle with Scott Belsky. He's, you know, That was good. good. Aubrey, I know you're listening in. I'd love to, we'd love to hear your favorite guests. So uh, you know, sorry for the impromptu call in, but if you can jump in, tell us. Uh, and Joanne
1: Moretti. And Joanne Moretti, while well, well, obviously oh, figuring Jan out Jan whether Jan she hops Jan in Jan or
0: Jan not. Joanne Moretti. She must
1: have hop in Jan or Jan not.
0: Jan so. She's, she's incredible. She's just an incredible person, not just one of the brightest CMOs. You know, former CMO Adele, CMO of Jabo. She does so much for women in technology, but just a good person. You know, you're like when you're around her, you just want to do better. So she was terrific. Aubrey, tell us your favorite, by the way, folks that are watching know this, so it's, but it's worth repeating. There is no Disrupt TV without you. Let's just, (laughs) kind of just put that out there. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, tell us uh, as the person that actually, you know, invented and helps run this uh, unbelievable show, who are some of the folks that stand out for you?
3: Um, I sent you a list yesterday and I can't find it. So that's helpful. I was going to say I absolutely love I just put it in the little notes here. I love our regular reporter guests. I think they're hilarious. Yeah. Heather Covey and yeah. Larry yeah. and Ron. Yeah, yeah our, um, I don't have my whole list. Do you want to help me out with what I sent you? <laughs> we have a <laughs> lot of guests every week. It's hard to remember everyone that comes on. We've had a no,
1: lot of. We had Larry Dingen on the on that yeah. list, right? Uh, and I that think stuff.
0: You of the Messy Middle. Uh, was- oh, I, believe- I
3: was in the airport yesterday, and his book was front and center. And I stopped, and I just saw this big, yellow, well, this yellow room that I'm in too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yellow book, and I was right there in the Messy Middle.
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, he was—he uh, was—he was—he was definitely terrific. Um, uh, obviously, we've had Dr. David Bray, we had Ben Surf, we've had Maylene Lin Feng from
1: like uh Laluya from Aero Technology talking about cognitive apps. I thought that was very fun. Dr. Janice,
0: Dr. Janice, on. oh, I
3: like Dr. Patty Fletcher was awesome. Yes, um, Lisa yeah. was awesome. Uh, you know, we had a uh,
1: you know Kellogg. That's right, Chris Wong. Chris Crummy, the IBM X-Force guy. That was cool, man. That we still great. gotta go visit that security lab.
0: That right. was, that's right. He didn't invite us up. to go. He didn't invite
1: well, us. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should do something live from that show. Yeah, I think we, that's
0: we should. Michael Scott, who's an incredible venture capitalist in Boston, teaches at Harvard, an entrepreneurial class, a future of blockchain, and his research stood out. My number one ZDNet article in 2018 was featuring uh, Michael Scott's blockchain research, which he revealed on our show. So I'm really thankful that he was able to share that research with us. Um, Speaking of, again, research, and we have have our producer here, uh, Aubrey, tell everyone uh, uh, how folks can connect with you on Twitter. Oh,
3: at Aubrey (laughs) UT, (laughs) hook up. Or you can do the Disrupt TV handle as well. I checked that one.
0: Terrific, so I implore folks watching uh, to reach out to Aubrey with your recommended uh, uh, guests. Do us a favor, you know, give us the name, the title and the company and why you think this should be on the show. So if you could just put a, two sentences into the recommendation, that helps us. So for example, if you say, you know, John Doe, best-selling author of X, CXO at Y, that helps Aubrey and ourselves vet uh, who we want on the show. And the problem is that we want to listen to our audience in terms of who comes on the show, but we only have 50 slots times three So at best we have 150 slots. Now again, sometimes we bring repeat guests because there's repeat news cycles and and industry events where we want the best expert to come on the show. So we don't mind having the same person come a second or third time if they happen to be the world's uh, top blockchain expert and blockchain is in the news. But at most we have 150 slots, 50 weeks times times three. So we have to be very, specific and have some certain level of due diligence in terms of who we bring on board. So help us out with a name, a title, maybe their accomplishment and why you want them on the show. And we'll do our best to, uh, to, 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 uh, to respond to you and get these folks here on Disrupt TV. Ray, your thoughts.
1: Hey, this has been a great run, great year. I'm looking forward to next year. I think we're going to have a lot more fun as well. Uh, and yeah, we're going to try new formats as well. Uh, today's little format, you know, 30-minute profile. I think that was great as well. Definitely worth checking out in the future. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely encourage uh, feedback as Vala was talking about. Let's get some great folks on. Let's share some great stories. Let's share some great lessons. And of course, Friday, every Friday, 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, it's Disrupt TV.
0: Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Aubrey, for everything that you do. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Aubrey. Thanks Happy for end time. of 2018.
3: And we'll see everyone again in 2019.
1: Awesome. Happy holidays. All right, bye. Happy
3: holidays. Bye.
2: everyone. Thank <music> you.